sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning to each one. A special welcome to the visitors. Good to have you with us this morning. To start with here, maybe have you all rise and we'll have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, we come to you here this morning. We thank you for being here with us in the songs we sang as we worshiped you. Thank you for your presence here. And just pray now you would open your word to us as we read it, as it's taught today. I pray that you would uh, make it effectual in my heart and in each one here. Just pray your spirit would be with us. And just commit ourselves to you. Pray that you would guide the things I have to say. Pray this on your name. Amen. All right, you can be seated. <clears throat> so what I have to talk about today is nothing new to anyone, as I'm sure. But yet it is a very important subject in the scripture, and it is perhaps one of the most important, which is partly why we've heard it so many times. And... Just to give you an idea of its importance, according to Scripture, we can be you know, great scholars of the Bible. We can have tremendous intellectual abilities, speaking in tongues and gifted with prophecy and understanding all mysteries and knowledge, which is almost impossible to even comprehend what that would be like to understand all knowledge or all mysteries. Or even, as it says, to have all faith, which... Some of us may have some, some may have more than others, but I don't think any of us could say we have all faith. But yet it says that even if you have all that stuff without this one important um, ingredient, we can still end up with nothing. As you may have guessed, I'm speaking about charity or love, which it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. I might just read 1 Corinthians 13 here, if you want to open your Bibles to that this morning. I'll probably just read the first eight verses here. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. 
rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. And whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. I think I'll stop reading there. So we might consider someone that has some of these um, things that talked about at the beginning, speaking in tongues of men and angels, and the gift of prophecy or understanding knowledge. We might think of someone like that as a spiritual giant with their long list of impressive credentials. But according to the scripture, that's not the method for measuring greatness. And, you know, even as it goes on to say, like in verse 3, you think maybe, maybe greatness could be measured by great and noble actions, such as giving all of our goods to feed the poor. And some of us may give some, some give more than others, but I don't think any of us have given all of our goods to feed the poor because then we wouldn't have anything left. Or maybe even be martyred for Christ. It talks about giving our body to be burned. And while that may be a high calling, that's not the most important method of measuring our greatness. There is something still higher and more noble. And I remember growing up, we had a plaque on the wall that said, the greatness of a man can always be measured by his willingness to be kind. And I think that is very true, and I think it comes from what it talks about here in 1 Corinthians 13. So if we want to pursue greatness, we have to first pursue charity. Because charity is the measuring tape, as you could call it, by which greatness is measured. And I have a little story, a bit of an analogy. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but it's one I've heard more than once about a young man that was once looking for a job, and it was during the Great Depression, and his profession that he was had worked in before, I guess, as a telegraph operator. And there was an ad in the newspaper once, and he um, they were looking for a, an um a worker, an employee, to fill the position of a telegraph operator. And so he answers the ad. He goes into the office for his interview. He knows Morse code, and he's highly qualified. But when he gets there, the large, noisy office is already crowded with other operator, with other applicants. And people are coming and going, and there's a telegraph clicking away in the background, and there's a sign on the counter that instructs everyone to take an application, fill it out, hand it in, and have a seat and wait till you're called on for your interview. And I'm sure there was some apprehension in the room as there's lots of people wanting this job, but obviously only one job, and they may have been thinking that maybe it's going to go to the guy with the nicest clothes or the guy with the longest employment history or um, you know, maybe the person who's most eloquent on their application and everyone's sitting around and this one man comes in and he fills out his form and sits down and all at once he just stands up and walks off into the main office in the side office there and everyone else seemed a little bit um, 
disturbed by that or they wondered what was happening. And there was talk among them that, you know, this poor guy will probably be reprimanded for not following the instructions and just disqualified on the spot. Within a few minutes, however, the young man emerges from the inner office, escorted by an official who announces to the other applicants, thank you all for coming, but the job has been filled. And they were all very confused, and one man spoke up and said, wait, I don't understand. We have all been waiting longer than he, and we never even got a chance to be interviewed. The employer responds that at the time you're all sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message. If you understand this, then come right on in. The job is yours. And I think the, the moral of the story is that, you know, we may be expecting our achievements to be measured by a certain uh, measuring tape, as you will. You know, maybe the one that was the first in line was thinking he's definitely going to be chosen, or maybe the one that was dressed the fanciest or whatever. And sometimes I think we can lose track of how greatness is measured for ourselves as we look at our own Christian life and how... Christ sees us, and sometimes it might not be measured by what we are expecting. <clears throat> and the world around us is filled with incorrect information on how greatness is measured. And they're even filling our ears with false instructions about how to achieve greatness. Well, in one sense, they're right in how to achieve greatness in this world, but not in the kingdom that we are from. And sometimes it can nearly drown out the correct instructions on how we are going to be measured and how our application, so to speak, will be graded. I thought it fairly striking where it says in, um, in Corinthians here that without charity, I am nothing. It doesn't just say we're going to be, you know, maybe not the first in line. We might be second or third. It says, no, if you're missing this one ingredient, you have nothing. And it goes on to say that, you know, if we do all these things, give our goods to feed the poor and give our body to be burned, all of that profits us nothing if we don't have charity. So I think with that level of importance, it does deserve our attention to look into this matter and to even merit a reminder from time to time just to consider the importance of charity in our lives. And then it goes on and it gives some of the attributes of charity, which I want to look at here for a little bit, and I sort of paraphrase some of it. Charity suffers long. Charity is kind. Charity doesn't envy. Charity does not boast. Charity is not proud. Charity is not rude. Charity is not self-seeking. Charity is not easily angered. Charity keeps no record of wrongdoing. Charity does not delight in evil. Charity rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always perseveres, and it never fails. So this is the measure of greatness, this list here, and what it talks about as it describes charity and the importance of it. It could almost be like 
if you expect we're going to be graded by a test, and it gives us the answer key right here. We can just look, look at the answers, and now we know what to write down on a resume, right? But some of these things may be a little harder for us to grade ourselves. I mean, some of them we can self-check maybe and see where we measure up, and I think it is good to do that, maybe in all of the areas even. You know, you could take any of these. Am I proud or am I kind? Or do I keep record of wrongs? I think those are all good questions to ask ourselves as we consider charity and what charity is and how we compare our lives to it. Is that, um, is that evident in our life? How, how are we measuring up personally? You know, are we, um, are we always long-suffering? Are we some of the times long-suffering? And I think it is um, a fairly complete list of what charity or what love looks like, but there may be other aspects too. And even in that, it is good to not necessarily only self-check over this list, but also to hear input from others around us my brothers and sisters in the church, I think it is very right and good to ask others how are we doing in some of these areas and to be accountable to each other. When we consider, um, you know, asking someone else, am I rude? Am I kind? Am I, um, am I self-seeking? Am I easily angered? And some of those things it talks about here. And I think because of the importance of this subject, it's a test we definitely don't want to fail at. And it's many times good to do every type of cross-check imaginable to prepare for the final exam. And, um, you know, both going over the, the answer key itself and right where the answers are and also having other people double-check our work and make sure that we are living up to what Christ teaches in charity and in this case, how Paul um, explains it very well. Other apostles talk, too, about love or charity. And Peter even instructs us to have fervent charity, which is, I guess, one step bigger than just charity. I don't know. <laughs> it's more fervent. says in 1 Peter 4, 7, and 8, But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto, prayer. watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Nothing that's referring to is little grievances that may bug us or things that we do that may offend others. And if there's a little bit of charity to cover some of that, some of those offenses never even show up, even though we do make mistakes at times. And we may sin against each other in that sense and cause or say things or do things that could cause harm, but yet charity can many times cover that. And I think that is partly why it is such an important aspect of the Christian life is that without it, every little grievance and thing can rub us the wrong way and can grow into something much bigger. Even Christ also gave us commandments on this. 
In John 13, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And that is a a clue into how important this is to the world looking on. It says, all men can know by looking at our love for each other, whether or not we're disciples for Christ. And that is almost sobering to think about, that, you know, if the world is looking on at how we relate as a church, as brothers and sisters, and how we treat each other, and how we, or how we don't treat each other, and, and some of those things, the church looking on can tell by that, whether or not we're actually following Christ, whether or not we're actually his disciples. And, yeah, I believe charity is the defining mark of a Christian. It is one of the clearest ways for the world to see Christ in us. The Apostle John wrote, nearly an entire epistle on this topic of love, which love and charity you could use interchangeably there. And I might just close here with a few excerpts from that, from John. He says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And just a thought of, you know, what light can do for us. If we don't have light, we can't see where we're going. We get all confused in our feet get all twisted under us at times and we stumble over things and each other and but if we love our brother we abide in the light another place in john it says let us not love in word neither in tongue but in deed and in truth and that just shows the importance of not just giving lip service to love saying we love our brother and then we go on our way but that it actually comes out in our deeds and in our actions And our deeds and our actions are probably the easiest way that the world can see whether or not we have love in us. And then another place it says, Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. That one phrase stood out to me there, Love is of God. That is a source of true charity. It comes from God. It's not something that we can just put on on ourselves. I mean, yeah, we can be kind for a few minutes or whatever, but it will eventually wear out if we don't have Christ within us. Because it says love is of God. It comes from him. And then further, that everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So it is something that is... um, very directly tied with our relationship to Christ. And then the last one here, if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. It's like the thought of God dwelling in us because we love each other. Anyway, so I think I'll close with that. May God give us each grace to have fervent charity one for another. God bless.